Welcome to Millennial Sex True Stories Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Double X, and I am in the bedroom tonight. This is a great podcast. I have a really wonderful storyteller as a guest this week. Um, our guest is actually a hip hop legend. He is famous for one of the most um, famous songs of early hip hop that is still famous today. It's been reused and sampled a zillion times, and pretty much anybody who who's like been a fan of hip hop at any time in history. Um, is familiar with this particular song. So, so basically, so Rahim will, who was a member of Grandmaster Fash and the Furious Five, um, he will be our guest, and he has a really entertaining story for us um, about some really freaky. Uh, thing he did with this freaky chick uh, that uh, it is pretty it is a fun story Um, just a quick couple of announcements Um, the New York Sexual Health Expo is in Brooklyn next month September 21st and 22nd if you come on Saturday September 21st you can definitely meet me and uh, we can take a picture And um, what else is going on? This uh, quarter, I am published in Sexual Health Magazine. Um, I have a column, so if you go to sexualhealthmagazine.com, the headline, uh, Sex Advice, What Do Your Fantasies Say About You? You click on that, it will take you to a link of page 40 of the magazine, and you can read about it if you like, Sex Advice, or sex columns. Um, that's sexualhealthmagazine.com. All right. Well, I look forward to your thoughts. If you want to email me. Oh, by the way, everybody. So I have um, a new website. It's bettybabes.com. And that's Betty with two E's. No Y. Um, I also have an Instagram, Betty with an E underscore babes wait or babe I forgot (laughs) I don't even know anyway it's on Instagram okay but I have a site and um I'm gonna figure out some cool things for the sex expo so I hope to see you all there September 21st in Brooklyn I'll see you there enjoy the show welcome to millennial sex true stories podcast I'm your host, the Professor Double X, and I'm in the bedroom tonight with a brand new guest. Welcome, guest. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Do you want to introduce yourself, or do you want to be anonymous? It's up to you. Oh, no. I, I don't mind uh, people knowing who I am. My name is uh, Raheem. I'm a member of uh, a legendary rap group called Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, the first rap group to get inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, March 12, 2007. Wow, that's impressive. What do you, I've always wondered, like, is it just the honor of being there, or do they, like, give you stuff, too? Like, (laughs) do they hook you up? Like, what do you, like... Well, you don't, there's no, uh, there's no 
check okay. um, that you are bestowed with uh, for being a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, the perk of being a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee or any other uh, institution that uh, recognizes your uh, artistic um, ability and accomplishments um, <clears throat> is that if you are, you know, business savvy um, and you have, you know, your, your people behind you, you know, the machine behind you, 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 everything is about timing. So you release something during the time mm -hmm. when you are acknowledged for this, you know, this accomplishment. Oh, you do like a, a greatest hits or whatever because everybody's talking about you anyway. Right, and, and then you have right, and I then see, you yeah, have the course. the luxury, the perk of putting a stamp, you know, that says Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee on the product that you're releasing, and uh -huh. that that tends to have a little bit more uh, uh, walking, you know, distance than than you know if you just put something out there without any kind of um, badge of yeah you know acknowledgement you know what I mean right recognition recognition yes. um I mean obviously it's a big honor so I just mm -hmm. wondered because I know like like for example every time Serena wins William Wimbledon they give her like a million dollars or something mm -hmm. so I like um I don't know what they do but I know like obviously it's the same as like if you win Wimbledon now you're getting more endorsements you're making more right. money off your brand correct and you can do a lot with that that's, obviously yes um that's the whole idea yeah. I guess behind it uh they you know you get gift bags and stuff like did that did they throw you a party uh, when yeah, you're inducted there, um like yeah there was party. like a big after parties you know kind of thing and there's like a lot of people there mm -hmm. yeah yeah cool that's cool yeah so um so what was your biggest hit or what was your um, favorite our, our biggest hit was uh our song called the message don't push me because i'm close to the edge um can yeah you, can you just like do a couple oh would sure you, would you want to um my son said, Daddy, I don't want to go to school because the teacher's a jerk. He must think I'm a fool. All the kids smoke reefer. I think it'd be cheaper if I just got a job, learn to be a street sweeper, or dance to the beat, shuffle my feet, wear a shirt and tie, and run with the creeps because it's all about money. Ain't a damn thing funny. You got to have a con, and it's none of milk and honey. Pushed that girl in front of the train, took her to the doctor, sold the almond again, stabbed that man right in his heart, gave him a transplant for a brand new start. I can't walk through the park cause it's crazy after dark keep my hand on my gun cause they got me on the run feel like an outlaw broke my last glass jaw hit him say you want some more living on a seesaw don't push me cause I'm close to the edge I'm trying not to lose my head <laughs> it's yeah. like a jungle sometimes it made me wonder man that was such a good song I've listened to that song like hundreds of times. Like mm -hmm. I, even when you saying it, I knew all the words. Like, like I hadn't thought of it in a long time. But mm -hmm. as you said, I can remember all the words. I used to have that on cassette. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I used to have it on cassette. Um, my mom actually, I took it from my mom. My mm -hmm. mom had it on cassette. Wow. And I think I copied her cassette. Okay. Um, yeah. My mom's white too. She used to love that song. Wow, that's what's up. <laughs> Everybody yeah. loved that song. Yeah, that's that was, one of the uh, most famous hip hop songs in all of hip hop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that was pretty much the only song 
that mattered. <laughs> right. It was from that it was whole one era. Of the, right. Yeah. First uh, socially, you know, relevant uh, songs. Yeah. Well, because the thing Rap is, the, like, you know, I was, uh, I don't want to say how old I am on this podcast, but mm-hmm. you know. Um, my the generation that I actually like really listened to rap mm-hmm. was later. Yeah, yeah. And um, but that song mm-hmm. doesn't matter what generation of rap you came in. Mm-hmm. Like that song, you know. Right. You know, I don't know if these kids today know it because, um, but probably a lot of them do. Yeah, you know, especially uh, since the um, implementation of sampling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, quite a few other artists have you know, sampled our music and even used those lyrics. Um, right. P. Diddy um, oh, yeah. and Mace uh, used it. You must have made a lot of uh, money off that. Cause yeah, we did. We, um, you know, they they used it in Happy Feet, yeah. uh, the animated movie with the oh, penguins. Did they? Yeah. Um, it's, been, it's been used quite a few times as well as uh, a few of our other uh, songs. I mean, I just honestly can't think of a more relevant Mm-hmm. Hip hop song. Yeah, it's it's you know it's still relevant because uh, the same <laughs> the same stuff is still going on, uh, unfortunately. But yeah. so when you wrote that, I didn't mean to turn this into a music thing, but when you <laughs> but when you wrote that, like you know, you just like I mean, I'm a writer. Sometimes mm-hmm. you just I feel like when it hits you, when the right thing hits you, it just comes out. You mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So what was that like when you wrote that particular song? Well. Um, actually, there was, uh, um, a person named, uh, Ed Fletcher, and he was the writer of the song. Um, in, in, I would say, I would say 90% of the song lyrically was written by him and musically was composed by him. Um, and the other 10% of the song uh, was actually taken uh, the last verse, uh, which was recited or performed by Melly Mel uh, from my group. Uh, a child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. Uh-huh. Well, that verse uh, was taken from our previously recorded song called Super Rappin'. And uh, it was recorded, uh, the message was recorded in 1982, like the end of 1982 going into 1983. And Super Rappin' was recorded in 1979, 1980. And so the reason why um, Melly Mel's verse was taken from Super Rappin' and applied to the message was because we were all auditioned to be on this to see who would be on the song and um and so when it was my turn to be auditioned when i went in the booth i spit melly mel's verse because it was very relevant to that song and for some reason he didn't spit it so when uh the president of our record label um sylvia robinson heard me spit that verse she said, "Oh, we're gonna we we're keeping that. That's a take because that that was spot on. Like that fits the song." So I said, "Oh, okay. Well, that's Melly Mel's verse, um, and that comes from our song Super Rapping. And you know, the reason why I spit it is because it fit the song." She was like, "Oh, that was a great call. Go ahead in the booth and do the song. I mean, do the verse, Mel." So that's how Melly Mel got on the song, and then I just. 
um, spit the lyrics that Ed Fletcher had already written. So, yeah. So I'm not a writer on that song. Um, okay. Well, technically, I'm a writer on that song because of the fact that lawfully, the way copyrights work mm -hmm. is you cannot take a part of one musical composition and apply it to a new musical composition mm -hmm. without crediting the writers of the original composition. Mm -hmm. So that's why I get paid for writing the message as well. Right. Okay. So, who, so what happened to Ed Fletcher? Who um, is he? Does he have a, a stage name or something, or is it just that, Ed Fletcher? He, no, Duke Booty. Duke Booty. Yes. I have no <laughs> idea why what what that you know even means, but hey, you know. Um, Damn. Maybe he, he just picked the wrong name. Duke possibly, Booty. Possibly. Yeah. I, Sounds I think perverted. It. it <laughs> you know what I think? Um, he he comes from that. Uh, he's a he's a few years older. And he comes from that funk generation, like uh, Parliament Funk Adelaide. Yeah, that, and, the lyrics and they kind of sound like and it all of that. You has know what that I mean? Funk. Right. So, yeah. um, and musically, that's the vibe that he was on. Yeah. So I think that that's the reason why he <laughs> called himself Duke, Duke Booty. He's like, I'll do you, Bootsy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Duke Booty. Booty. Exactly. <laughs> Right, right. In half. I, I think I think after you know, uh in retrospect he probably um he's probably oh like, Damn, gosh. I don't think that was too good of a Yeah, point. because Damn. no one knows. No one ever heard of him. I mean unless you know that's how he, he rocking, but I don't know one way or the other. Hey, either way, he he was cool. You know what I mean? Cool brother. Wow, so wait, so you auditioned, so did you guys like were you guys a group because you guys were friends or cool or was it that you we're like Backstreet Boys got put together by a label or okay, so, one of those things. Um, we were never friends. Um, to this day, we're not friends. And um, I come from uh, another legendary group called the Funky Four. And the Funky Four um, was, I, w I would say, the Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Four's antithesis. Um, you know, uh, we were their heir apparent. Um, even though we were a four-person group before them, um, but and and we kind of so so Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Four are from the South Bronx, and the Brothers Disco, DJ Breakout, DJ Baron, um, and the Funky Four MCs are from the North Bronx. The Funky Four MCs consisted of Raheem, myself. Uh, K.K. Rockwell, Keith Keith, and the first female MC, Shaw Rock, um, who is actually in production on uh, a movie about uh, herself uh, at the moment, and uh, and I'm playing her stepdad. Um, so, but anyway, uh, so we battled uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Four. May 11th, 1979 at the Webster Avenue PAL in the Bronx. What was the name of your group? The Funky Four. Oh, the Funky Four. Yes, the Funky Four was the oh, name of my group. Oh, and they were the Furious Four. And they four. was the Furious Four. Okay. And so um, we battled them. Uh, they were like the number one group uh, in the Bronx at the time, in the South Bronx. And we were the number one group in the North Bronx. 
And so um, the North and the South Bronx came together for the first time. This sounds like West Side Story, like hyping up. It, it kind of... the Black North-South version of the Latino East-West. Well, well <laughs> Latinos were very scarcely uh, involved, if at all, at that time. Um, no, I was saying comparative. Comparative. To the, yeah, no, I get the, it. That story was East-West, and they were supposed to be Latinos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like North-South, so, right, and it's right. music, yep, and it's yep. hip-hop. It know. was, yeah. Okay, go ahead. So, so so you guys are getting ready to battle. Yeah, so we battled them um, May 11th, 1979 at the Webster Avenue PAL on 183rd Street and Webster Avenue in the Bronx. And um, to our surprise they went on before us and we were surprised by that because they were uh kind of like the bigger named group uh -huh. so we expected them to headline uh -huh. you know even though it was a battle we expect them to go on we expected second. them to go on second uh -huh. so they went on first and when they went on first they um they pretty much performed uh, they they did all of the things strategically that we had intended to do, uh -huh. right? And so I was pretty much like the leader of the Funky Four. And um, so I was kind of responsible for uh, making up like all of our routines. Uh -huh. And so I made a last minute decision and didn't disclose my decision to the rest of the members of my group that we were completely abandoning our game plan because they surprised us or surprised me and went on before us and did all of the things that I intended for us to do. Such as? Like, we had choreographed dance routines and you know we we intended to change clothes and then you know in the in the middle of our performance and shit like that and they just they just did all of that you know we we um and so i was also uh i was like also the first uh mc rapper to sing and rap right mm -hmm. so you know um so that was like the novelty that i brought to you know to to hip hop okay. at that time and to to the group, and so I remixed all of these uh, old Jackson Five songs and um, you know replaced their words with my words about our group, and so um, I'd sing like Michael Jackson and and you know they would back me up, and so we would perform. If you saw the Get Down, um, the kid in did you see the Get Down? Mm -mm. Okay. Can you just say what it is? Okay, so there's a Netflix series um, called The Get Down, uh, and it's loosely based on the story of Grandmaster Flash and, and the Furious Five. Um, even though uh, the fictitious group that they depict in The Get Down is not called Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, and Grandmaster Flash plays more of like a mentor role uh, in this particular um, series, but the the reason was for for legal purposes. Uh, but that's a whole nother story. But anyway, 
Um, so this fictitious group called the Get Down Brothers in the Netflix series called The Get Down is based on Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. And the youngest member of the Get Down Brothers, his name is Boo Boo. Um, they are, that's supposed to be me. Um, Boo Boo? Yeah. And he, I, I have no idea why that's his name. You know, don't, don't get me started. But, you know, um, the, the director, um, the producer, Baz Luhrmann, uh, he's the person responsible for producing the get down. Um, to my knowledge, Netflix, uh, most expensive budgeted series to date. Uh, they spent $180 million on this series. Uh, and they canceled it after the second season because Baz Luhrmann is a filmmaker. It was his first television uh, project, but he couldn't commit to doing a third season because he was obligated to produce a film and they didn't want to entrust um, a big budget like that to another producer, I guess, who didn't share his vision or whatever. So uh, the get down was canceled. But Nas and myself uh, are responsible for writing all of the rap lyrics in the get down because it's based on uh, kind of like the inception period of hip hop. And so they depict uh, Africa Bambata, they depict DJ Cool Herc, and they depict uh, Grandmaster Flash, but they don't depict the Furious Five. Um, they basically depict the Furious Five as the Get Down Brothers. And Will Smith's son, Jaden, uh, is one of the members of the Get Down Brothers, along with uh, four other, four other uh, young men that I coached. Mm -hmm. So Boo Boo is one of them. Yeah, Boo Boo is one of them. He's supposed to be me. Mm -hmm. Cool. Mm -hmm. So. And he sung like he was. He did the, you know, if you see the get down, you'll see them performing. Um, they're they're battling uh, a group called the Notorious Three, and during the battle, Boo Boo breaks into this Jackson Five kind of sounding routine. Okay. And, and that's what you did. Yes. At that battle. Mm -hmm. So what happened? So you were singing, you were dancing like Michael? Um, not, no, not dancing like Michael, but singing. Uh -huh. And um, so we battled Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Four, and they won the battle. But a few days after the battle, uh, Melly Mel, and at the time his name was Mr. Ness, he later changed the name, his name to Scorpio. They showed up at my mom's house and asked me if I would be willing to to join their group. And so I wanted to be uh, a member of the group that I considered to be the best, and I've, I thought it was them, so I agreed, and so I became a member of their group, and then we called ourselves the Furious Five. And they I, must have been, like, super impressed that they were willing to, like, open the pot up like that. Yeah, um, in fact, uh, one of my neighbors, uh, one of my homeboys, rest in peace, the original DJ Eminem, uh, he rented this community center, Forest Houses Community Center, uh, and Forest Projects, and he hired uh, the Furious Four to uh, perform that night, and uh, he asked me if I would be down to perform as well, and so I, I said yes, and so I performed that night, and then the Furious Four went on after me, and then um, they called me on stage to perform with them, 
um, during their performance, so I perform with them. Uh, but we have been rehearsing uh, together for a few weeks um, prior to that performance, so it was a it wasn't an impromptu thing when I went on stage with the Furious Four. We knew exactly what we would what we were gonna do. Uh, and then after that show, uh, the Furious Four called me backstage um, and asked me how much money did I want. And I was like, well, I, I really wasn't expecting, you know, to get paid for this show. I just agreed to do it because uh, Eminem is my, like, my big brother. Um, and they were like, nah, we're going to pay you because we think you're just as good as any one of us. So we're just going to split up the money five ways. So he split up the money five ways, and then from then on, we called ourselves the Furious Five. Yeah. Dope. That's great. That must have felt fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it really did. <laughs> yeah. Um, right, so... So you, you grew up in New York, and you probably have a lot of stories that would be great on Millennial Sex True Stories podcast. Oh, wow. Stories that are entertaining, unpredictable, mm -hmm. funny, embarrassing, awkward. All that. Um, yeah, and that you haven't me. told in a long time. Yeah, I could probably um, write a book or well, definitely... <clears throat> make a very, very funny and entertaining uh, movie or series uh, based on just war stories. War stories are, you know, stories of our sexual exploits when we are, um, when we're on tour. Okay. Um, so I got a million war stories. Here's, yeah, here, let's hear a here's war a, story. Yeah, here's a war story for you. Okay. So we weren't even on tour, all right? Um, I was, uh, I had a studio in the Bronx on Webster Avenue, um, and 187th street. So I'm in the studio one day working on some music and, um, one of my homeboys, uh, Kijana hits me up and was like, yo, um, you at the studio? I'm like, yeah, he's like, I'm coming through. Uh, I have my assistant with me. Um, we got some, we got some weed. And we're going to light you up. I'm like, all right, cool. So he and his assistant, uh, Star, um, very attractive um, woman, comes through. And um, now, I, I knew a little bit about Star. The only thing that I knew about her um, was, besides her, her being his assistant, was that she used to be a stripper. Um, so, you know, and she was, she was really cool, you know, seemingly. Um, so they, when they came through the studio, we sitting there smoking and I did, um, vaguely recall Kijana saying something about, uh, how Star behaves when she's been drinking, right? So, uh, but it was all good, you know, I'm. You know, we're having a good time. Um, so I'm sitting at the keyboard, uh, playing something on the keyboard, and um, Star comes and she's sitting next to me. So she has a, a cup 
um, with alcohol in it. And she's sipping on, you know, whatever it is. And um, so I'm playing. And she puts her hand on my thigh. So, you know, everything's cool. We laughing, talking, smoking. She's drinking. And then, um, so, after a while, she's, you know, her hand is wandering. She's massaging my thigh. One thing leads to another. She starts grabbing my dick. I'm like, um, I'm like, okay. So I pause and stop her because I had to use the bathroom, right? So now, um. And your friend is sitting there doing what? Yeah, my homeboy Kijana, he's just, you know, he's just chilling. We laughing and talking. Okay. Um, I think he, he may have had a few you know, drinks or he was sipping on something. But you were like sitting at the piano. Yes, okay. right. Um, like at a console and the keyboard is there and what have you. Mm -hmm. And so she's sitting on like a piano bench, mm -hmm. you know, on the same piano bench that okay. I'm sitting on. Um, so, so she's, you know, when she grabs my dick, I'm like, fuck, I got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, chill, hold on, give me a few. So I get up. Now, I got a shit. So I get up and I leave her in the in the studio. She just took a whole nother direction. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. So so <laughs> so I go in the bathroom, close the door behind me. You know what I mean? I'm, I was like, okay, I was like stripper, having drinks, getting wild on right. the piano bench. I'm taking a shit. Okay. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> So I'm, I'm in the bathroom, minding my business, handling my business, you know. And all of a sudden, um, so the toilet bowl, it's facing the door, you know, the bathroom door. So, it's like a single bathroom. Yeah. Okay. So um, all of a sudden, I see the bathroom door starting to open. So I'm like, yo, yo, hello, um, I'm in here, right? <laughs> <laughs> Like, right. yo, yo, what's going on? I'm in here, right? <laughs> so, the door keeps opening, right? It's, 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 you know, the door is opening wider, right? So, I'm like, yo, yo, hello, caution, you know what I mean? Like, construction going on, like, what the fuck? So, I see that it's Star, right? So, she's looking, she's looking at me, and she puts her finger to her mouth and goes, shh, mind your business, right? I'm like, what? Mind my fucking business? I thought I was minding my business. Wait a minute. N nah, what's, what's, yo, talk to me. What's going on? Shh, shh, mind your business. So she's coming towards me, right? I'm like, yo, <laughs> yo, I'm shitting. I am shitting. Shitting, right? That's what I'm doing right now. You don't want to come over here. Trust me. Please don't come over here. Like, you ain't going to, you know. <laughs> so, she's still coming, right? So, I'm like, yo, what the... F so, she gets, like... She gets, like, maybe... <laughs> so, you're me on the toilet. Uh -huh. You know? I'm sorry. 
Would you open your legs, please? Oh my gosh. Yeah. They can't see this. No, but I'm, you know, I so, just need okay, you to understand. Okay, I have to sit. I'm sitting like I'm on a toilet right, right. now. Right. Like, I'm like this? Yeah. <laughs> right. So, she gets on her knees in front of me, and she reaches in the toilet, and she grabs my dick. And pulls yeah. and pull, you know, because okay. when I don't know, I, I, I don't, poop. I don't know what other guys do when they sit on the toilet to take a shit. But when I sit on the toilet to take a shit, you know, because of the fact that you know, you when you push a little bit, like sometimes you piss while you're shitting, right? Okay. So <laughs> that happens for us too. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. We just don't have to worry about the right. spray. Exactly. Yeah. So, so for that reason, I don't know about other guys. I keep my dick in the toilet while you point it to yeah, the toilet. Well, yeah, right. exactly. Okay. So, so she gets, she grabs it. my dick out the toilet. Yeah. And proceeds to start sucking my dick while I'm shitting. Right. <laughs> so it's the nastiest, most wonderful experience that I've ever had in my life. And while it's going on, I'm fucking bugging out and I'm saying yo what the fuck are you doing oh shit oh fuck yo um um I'm really trying to oh oh fuck I'm trying to concentrate can you you know what fuck it so I just went with it and I let her suck my dick um while I was on the toilet uh I don't remember whether or not I don't think I kept shitting after that but Suddenly, after that, um, shit, my dick was harder than Chinese math. She got up and she sat on my dick and gave me some pussy while I was sitting on the toilet. So, yeah. And so the running joke between me and my homeboy, Kijana, is when I came out the bathroom and I told him what the fuck happened. Every time I say to him, mind your business. That just that just rehashes the whole experience. Cause I told him, you know, I gave him the blow by blow. Like if I called him right now and was like, yo, mind your you ever heard, you ever hear from mind your business? He'd be like, yo, that shit right there that you told me, psh, that was like hair raising. So um so you said it was wonderful, right? It's great, huh? Was the sh- this is a fun question? As this was happening, I was so was the shit. You know how you can take a shit. Was it dangling? Was it like halfway and there was like, nothing you could do because it was like halfway. Like when and she to get up, when, you would need like an entire roll of toilet paper. Right, exactly. Like like okay. Like when she was sucking my dick. That's so what your was asshole going on. was open. So my asshole was open. With shit right was there. dangling so from my asshole. Yeah, that's the, that was the reason why I said, yeah. yo, you really don't want right. to do this. Like, right now? Yes. N- not a good idea. Like, not right now, boo. Like, right. just... She's just, not that sanitary. Right. And sure. then... At the, She's not intimidated. Right. Right. No, it was... It was It was the liquor. Right. That, and that, she's just nasty. And she's that's just what nasty. She meant, that's what she she was like. Yo, we I'm just nasty. Deal with shit right, we gonna, now. right, right. <laughs> you got a lot of shit with you. I don't give a fuck. Let's go. Yeah. Just keep on. Yeah. Just mind your I'll business. I'll give you something to remember. Right. I definitely will never ever forget that. That's shit. really interesting. So, did yeah. you guys ever hook up again? No. 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 Did you, you never saw her again. <laughs> Nah, no. I've never seen her again. No. So did your friend stop seeing her? 
um, he wasn't he assistant? wasn't seeing her. Um, well, he slept no, with her. I he, think. I don't think he slept with her. No, no, I don't think I don't think he slept with her. Um, he he was doing. Um, he had a situation with. Uh, he had a, a, a an apartment where he was housing women, and this one woman became like the madam or quarterback kind of person, and they were soliciting uh, to uh, entertainers and and athletes, uh-huh. and quite a few um, quite a few athletes and entertainers so were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. No. No. They got busted eventually. No, no, never got busted. Uh, no. Mm-mm. It didn't. It didn't last that long because uh, too many, uh, too many hens in the hen house. That shit never works. You know what I mean? Just like too many, too many bulls. You know what I mean? Like we, <laughs> there can only be one man at a house. Just like there can only be one woman at a house. We, mm. You know, we can't all be the man of the house at the same time. Yeah. Well, so um, so you never so you never saw her again. Nah, nah, nah. But um, I mean, shit. I got a million war stories. A million. Huh. Yeah. That is that was a crazy story. I was like, fuck. <laughs> Some people are gonna be turned on. I'm, I mean, hey, that's what she did her job, right? You said it was the most disgusting, wonderful thing. Yo, that's ever I'm like, yo, I'm. I mean, you know, taking the shit is nasty. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, it's 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 natural because we all have to do it. You know, it's a natural body bodily function. But um, at the end of the day. Who who would think about uh, getting their dick sucked or getting their pussy eaten while you're in the midst of shitting? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, who would even um, uh, the 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 giver of of that? Whoever's going down on you, like, if anybody in their right state of mind, uh, whatever the right state of mind is nowadays, um, I don't think that smelling shit while you're going down on somebody is a pleasurable experience but i mean some people you know, like different it though strokes for different folks some know, people you know? some people kind of like it yeah i guess <laughs> yeah no i mean for real some people right I, I, are into those kinds of things right I, and I'm, we don't judge nah, on millennial that. sex i right, mean facts. it can be nasty we still don't judge you oh no nah, not at all you just I mean, like nasty shit, I, shit. Right, I, you know. Um, Sometimes I think, people like nasty shit. You know. Yeah, I think I think we all have our our nasty shit about us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, it just takes you know the right person or persons to to uh, you know make you feel uninhibited enough to you know either explore that or yeah. or know, just tell you to just keep it you to, to yourself and mind your business exactly Nobody right or mind your business exactly what's happening and now everybody knows but that's all right that's all right he but, kept it to himself for all of three minutes so you saw your boy right like yo nick do you understand what the fuck just happened uh, to me yo she's a fucking beast like yo I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to feel about myself or, or her right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. I used to have a friend like that, and she would get really aggressive 
and you'd be dragging her, and she was fine as hell, too, so everybody would try to get her, and then she'd get, she get like really aggressive, start biting you, grabbing your dick, grabbing, just going crazy, running from the car, mm-hmm. um, just acting really psychotic. It was, like, <laughs> oh, exhausting to be her friend. But, um, but you know what? So this, this uh, month, I, so I'm a, column, a sex columnist mm-hmm. in Sexual Health Magazine. Okay. So you can go to sexualhealthmagazine.com and look for columnist, Professor Double X. I have a column this week, this month. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Deficiency and Desire. Okay. Um, so we were just talking about shit and everything <clears throat> and like, na- like nasty fetishes. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, um... So my article basically talks about how people have deficiencies mm-hmm. and a lot of times what we're attracted to what and even our innermost desires will actually be a direct link to the opposite of that deficiency to okay. fill it up, right? Right. Um, so people do this in various ways, like in the most basic way in a relationship, you know, you see couples where one person's more introverted, one's more extroverted, mm-hmm. right? But... On a, like, sexual desire, it's also there as well. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people bury it, right? right? They're not as uninhibited as your friends. Mm. Right. I have to cut her name out. Right. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, so I don't really know. I haven't put a lot of thought into, like, what the poop one is. Um, <laughs> but I will say that, like, my bestiality episode mm-hmm. is like one of the most popular ones and it's not even real bestiality I just like caught my neighbor like looking at bestiality dog porn Oh wow! and I was like shocked because he was all old and sweet and like bumpity and I was just like completely like his computer wasn't working and I was like here I'll do it and I saw his eyes get paranoid but I was like what he had like a hundred tabs open so as I was like waiting I, like, clicked the tabs, and he was watching a bunch of dog porn. Wow. And that's the whole podcast. Like, there's actual... Obviously, I cannot talk about... Nobody could come on here and say, I fucked a dog in the ass, so they'll be arrested. So, that would be animal abuse. Yeah. That's animal abuse. You can't do that. That, And that's a felony. It's a felony? He had to rape an animal. That's fucking crazy. I I hope it is. (laughs) Actually, I'm not sure. I think it depends. No! You can't torture. (laughs) No, but actually, I don't know if it is. There's a guy that only got like 25 days or something, and everybody was upset because he really, he like killed the dog because it was like a mini Yorkie or something. That is so (laughs) And the dog had to be euthanized. Why would you want to, with all this pussy out here or whatever, whatever, like, yeah, exactly. Anyway, I can't believe I just talked about that. But ironically, I'll probably get a lot of hits for that because people want to hear that nasty shit already so um yeah have you ever seen like a sheep's ass when it's like um uh, no but i saw (laughs) (laughs) when it's like something hormonal is going on a sheep's ass sheep's ass no a sheep's ass can be like a huge crazy fat pussy like craziest ass you've ever seen a sheep oh oh the craziest fattest ass yeah Okay. You're like, because wow. it doesn't match their body. It just sticks off. Gotcha. <laughs> that is like, not. It's like toothpicks and balloons. Wow. <laughs> no, but no. Well, there was this show called, um, remember this movie back in like 1990? It was an indie movie. It was starring like Winona Ryder and it was like, 
I forget what it was called, but it was like um, five different characters that are driving a taxi in five different cities mm-hmm. in the world on the same night at the same time. Okay. So you watch? Did you ever see that? No. Night on Earth. And there's the Italian guy. He's in Rome, mm-hmm. and he's driving the taxi. And so he's talking to this priest about this sheep that he used to raise. And one day he like he like had a relationship <laughs> with the sheep. The, the sheep just looks so good. And then she, and so he's telling this priest, and he's like confessing to the priest who's like in the back seat in the middle of the night mm-hmm. about the relationship he carried on with this sheep when he was a teenager, and um. <laughs> And then, and then he realizes the priest is dead. The priest has died in the backseat. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Anyway. I'm sure. Yo. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, people are into kinky stuff. Thank you for listening to Millennial Sex True Stories Podcast. I'm your host, the Professor Double X. And... I just want to remind everybody that I hope to see them at the New York Sexual Health Expo Saturday, September 21st. I will be there all day. It's also going on on the 22nd, so you could come either day. But I really recommend coming on Saturday. Um, I'd love to meet anybody who listens to the show. Um, and Because uh, I know like you must have like a quirky... A quirky mind. <laughs> anyway, um, also check out my new article if you're into sex advice or sex columns. It's in sexualhealthmagazine.com um, under the lead sex advice. What do your fantasies say about you? It's called desire and deficiency. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Millennial Sex, legendary hip hop edition. Uh, and uh, I'm your host, the Professor Double X. And I look forward to our next romp in the bedroom. Good night.